Have you ever been told that you have poor follow-through or that you're a pushover? Do you ever wish it were easier to understand boundaries and to set them, not to mention enforce and maintain them? Or does it seem easier to avoid boundary setting because you're tired of breaking commitments to other people and especially to yourself? If you've asked yourself these questions before, you are definitely in the right place today. We are simply going to break down what boundaries look like and how we can set them in simple ways using a four-step formula, among other things. You'll learn tips on how to assertively share your boundaries and what to do when they're not respected. You'll find out ways to take ownership so you can start living a more assertive life with greater self-respect and greater confidence. Let's get to it. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Welcome to episode 10. You guys, we are now in the double digits. How exciting is that? Probably more exciting for me than for you. But whatever you think, it's a big accomplishment. We're talking about creating boundaries, how to set, enforce, and maintain them so you can stop being a pushover and start gaining self-respect. So there is a lot to cover today, Because like I mentioned last time, this is pivotal in everything. This ties to assertiveness that we've talked before. And honestly, I could go through every episode so far and talk about how boundaries is connected to that. It really is important. So I'm going to jump right in with a few questions for you. Do you ever feel like a nagging, broken record with your kids or your spouse especially? Or maybe it's a close friend or someone like that. Do you feel ignored? and tired of fighting those same battles? Are you losing your patience more and more because you are so sick of the same arguments that don't result in any changes? So what if I told you that the solutions are so much easier than these repetitive battles? Would you do those steps? Would you take some ownership? If the answer is yes, then I want you to grab your journal and get ready to apply what you'll learn today because the fruits are going to be massive. Your fruit tree branches are going to break with a load of fruit from applying these concepts. I want you to prove me wrong, and maybe I'm a little too excited, but it's because every one of us struggles with this, and we all have room for improvement. So I have a lot of clients that come in and share their frustrations about boundary struggles, usually, like I said, with their spouse or their children. And a few days ago, I had a similar issue myself with my youngest son. 
my husband had mentioned that he doesn't like the way our youngest son talks to me and he thinks that I need to have firmer boundaries with him about it. And I thought about that for a little while and I agreed, but wasn't sure I wanted to go through the work when really I do. I think it's that classic case of him being the youngest and me not having the energy sometimes to have strong boundaries with him like I did my other kids. Which is a total lie because failing to set boundaries requires so much more work. I was avoiding the work it would take because I made it so much bigger in my head. When really it's just repeating small actions again and again. I was just being lazy and not seeing things clearly in that moment. When I'm failing to set boundaries with my kids, I often think, I don't have the bandwidth for this right now. Like, I'm too tired. <laughs> often with my kids, I start off by calmly sharing my feelings a few times, and then it usually ends with a sigh and me walking away in frustration or something like that when they don't listen yet again to something I'm asking. On my worst days, though, I might yell and act a little more like a child myself. That probably happens more than I want to admit, let's be honest. Well, a couple of days ago, I was thinking about our naughty first dog. I did not love that dog, but my children loved her very much. Her name was Daisy, and I would watch Joel train her, and he'd have to be so vigilant so that she did backtrack to poor behavior, and she had a lot of poor behaviors, let me tell you. So when we put a leash on her, she would pull on it like crazy. Like, it was very hard to keep her reined in. So when he was with her, he'd stop walking every time she pulled, and then he, he would stand there calmly and wait. And then when she sat and listened, then he'd resume walking. So he did that over and over and over, and it was very tedious to go on walks with them because of the training that was taking place. But I figured I needed to do something similar with my son, even if it wasn't quite that intense with those walks. But maybe it needed to be, I don't know. So the story with my youngest son is that when we got in the car, he started yelling at me and demanding that I put down the window because the child lock was on and he wanted to put the window down. So I calmly explained how it felt when he yelled at me and that I'd be happy to help him if he could ask kindly. Now I've done these types of things a million times about all sorts of things. And I often re-explain over and over again and I'm too patient. Really I'm teaching him that it's okay to treat me the way that he's treating me by being too kind or accommodating. And I needed to starve that poor behavior, which is what I was not doing. So what I did differently this time is that I remembered all the Love and Logic audiobooks that I've listened to where they talk about how kids are smarter than dogs and we don't tell dogs to do things over and over again. Kids are not stupid. They don't need to hear something constantly. They don't have that short of a memory. <laughs> they really don't. You can give them clarity once or possibly twice, but try to resist that if you notice a pattern of you over-explaining because you're feeling guilty or activated for some reason. It kind of reminds me of this quote that says, stop asking why they keep doing it and start asking why you keep allowing it. Oh, that's an unknown quote, but I love that. Like, why do you keep allowing this? That is a great question. <laughs> Laziness, usually, like in my case. So I told my son what I expected once, and like I expected, he continued to rage at me and be terribly rude and feisty, but I had already told him that I wasn't going to explain again and that I'd be ready to talk to him and help him when he could be kind and share his needs without yelling. So I turned on the radio when his yelling got louder, and I remembered that he was testing me, 
So I trained him that I would cave if he got louder sometimes. So that's what he was doing. But I stayed the course and I was really surprised that it only took about two minutes of him raging. And this was the result. Here's what he said. And very meekly and quietly he said, Mom, I'm really sorry I yelled at you. Could you please unlock the window for me? Now this was from my fiery seven-year-old that makes a habit of screaming. I seriously almost cried. You better believe I showered him with positive reinforcement and brought it up again later to his dad while he was nearby so that he could have that reinforcement a few times. So I want to start with the definition of a boundary. You might think you know what it is, but I want to clearly state what that looks like. So a boundary is just a clear line that marks the limits and can tell you where to stop. In any relationship, boundaries define where things like your identity or your responsibility and control begin and end. So it's communicating what your values are and how you're going to protect them when they're threatened or violated. So if I put that simply, a boundary is a line that won't be crossed and what you will and won't tolerate. I'm going to read you a couple quotes that I feel like put this in simple terms. So Henry Cloud, he, he was a co-author of boundaries, so he taught a lot about this. He said, boundaries need to be communicated first verbally and then with actions. So like in the case of my son, I told him verbally what I expected, but then my actions reinforced what I had just told him. If I said one thing and did something else, that is not going to help people trust you or believe in you or respect you enough to follow through. Adeline Birch is an author, and she said, Boundaries protect the things that are of value to you. They keep you in alignment with what you've decided you want in life. That means the key to good boundaries is knowing what you want. So what is it that you want? Just think about that. What is it you value? And Anna Taylor is also an author, and she said, Love yourself enough to set boundaries. Your time and energy are precious. You get to choose how you use it. You teach people how to treat you by deciding what you will and won't accept. So again, in the case of my son, I let him know what I won't accept, and I showed that with my behavior. And I know a lot of you know these things, but are you doing them? Maybe think of that situation in your mind where you know that you're not, and just commit to changing that, to being specific, and I'm going to show you how to do that. So first, you need to start by clarifying your needs and your wants. I recently just ran a couple's retreat, and in that, I taught boundaries, and I wanted to do so in a very simple, clear way. So I started with teaching them how to clarify their needs and their wants. So this is something you can write down in your journal. But I want you to ask yourself this question. Number one, what personal value feels threatened in this situation? So think of like a high conflict situation that is repeated a lot in your life. So that friction point that comes to mind, go ahead and write that down. And you might need to pull up a values list. I have a values list for my clients to look through and see, okay, this is the one that feels most threatened in this situation. Like maybe safety. You need to feel safe. And when your safety is threatened, you feel really upset. You feel really activated. Number two, how do you feel when this happens and during this friction point? So this is where I pull out the feelings wheel because there's so many feelings we don't access. We kind of recycle like three to five feelings and almost never look at the other ones. But if we look at the feelings wheel, we can really get a better idea of what is going on for us internally. 
Number three, how do you want to feel? And again, use that feelings wheel. Number four, what outcome do you want? Now put that together. So maybe you're going to go back later and fill this in. But number one is I need. Number two is so I don't feel blank. Number three is I want to feel blank. And number four is what I want is blank. So I will give you some examples for that in just a minute. The next part is exploring boundaries. Explore what lies in your control and what doesn't. Take ownership for just your side of the street. You don't need to apologize for protecting a boundary or a value, but you can do so respectfully and without violating the other person's boundaries. So it's also important to protect your boundaries so you can have that confidence and self-respect and you can have greater connection with others. There's this um, time when Joel had, I think I might've shared this before, we had moved a lot as a family and I was at my wits end and I couldn't do it anymore. And I finally got to the point where I could stand up and say, you know what? We are in an area where there's a lot of jobs, a lot of opportunities around us. If you need to move jobs, that is your side of the street. But for me, I cannot move anymore. My mental health cannot handle it for five years. I need to stay put. So that was a boundary that I set because I knew that doing otherwise would really adversely affect me. So what is yours? Now I want you to write one to three possible ways you can protect your personal value in the situation that you listed. And again, don't forget to use that feelings wheel and the values chart. Okay, now I want you to circle one solution that you just wrote down that you like best. If you do this solution, will your partner's values also be protected? And just explore that a little bit. Could this be modified so that both of you can feel protected and feel that that boundary is realistic and a win-win? Because it really is possible to make it a win-win situation. And really make sure it isn't a punishment, but it can be a natural consequence. For example, I'm going to call the repairman if this isn't done at the agreed upon time after we've both written it down together in our planners because I do need this to be done and I need my time to be respected and my wishes as well. So write that updated boundary in your journal below. So if you are doing these exercises with your spouse or your partner, I want you to practice listening to the other person, what they share and do so with openness and respectfulness so that it can feel safe to share those boundaries and not have them walked on. Many cultures struggle setting boundaries, so this might feel unfamiliar, but it's an important step towards getting that healing and that growth that you need in your relationship for it to thrive. I just want to share a few thoughts on implementing boundaries, a few questions you can ask yourselves. So how will you implement your boundary at home clearly and assertively when you talk about these boundaries? What will you do if they resist or ignore them? Or even if they get angry with you and your boundaries? And how will you know if your boundaries are working? What obstacles might arise and how will you handle them? Like you need to explore these things if you're going to really implement them, implement that boundary and maintain that boundary. So just explore that and see what comes up for you. You may even need to adjust your boundary. So after you implement them, remember to be flexible as you learn how to fine tune them. Explore if your boundary was successful, if your needs were met, and if you created what you wanted. What were some barriers and why did they occur? How can you adjust your boundaries and continue to protect your values without violating the values of others? 
Remember, adjusting and enforcing boundaries is a practice, my friends. It will take time, patience, assertive communication, and it will take some ownership. And remember, your partner, your spouse, your children, they are not responsible for maintaining your boundaries. That is a big mistake I see made over and over again. A big misconception. So boundaries can be confusing and they can be elusive. But I need you to keep these things in mind as you said and adjust those boundaries. Remember to keep these things simple and communicate assertively like we talked about yesterday. If you haven't often set boundaries, there's going to be resistance. Just expect that. But stay in your lane and stay above the line regardless of where other people are at. Be the example for those in your sphere of influence. Like other people, especially your children if you have them, are learning how to set and maintain and enforce boundaries from you. So I want to give you a few tips that I would say often surprise people. Some of them may not, but several of them will. So number one, it is okay to say no. You don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to feel shame. It's you protecting your value. There's no guilt in that. There's no shame. Number two, protecting your boundary creates self-respect. If you want that self-respect, you need to protect it, right? Number three, it's okay if others don't agree with you. It's not their value. So don't over-explain. It's just something that you value, and that is okay, and that's the way it should be. Four, it's not your job to fix others or make them happy. You can only control yourself. Now, this is one I see a lot, especially with Latter-day Saint women or religious cultures in general. Not that this is like a terrible thing, but this is a result sometimes of that type of culture. We really want to f make other people happy, but that's not possible. So try to let that go. Number five, be flexible, but not a pushover. Six, boundaries are not punishments, but a protective fence. It's like you're in a yard, right? And the things that you value are in that yard and they're kept safe because you don't want things to come over that might hurt people. Number seven, like I said before, it's not your partner's responsibility to maintain or enforce your boundary or your kids. So I kind of shared those steps earlier, but they're not super easy to remember. I want you to remember the desk formula or the desk script. It's D-E-S-C. Now this was developed by Sharon and Gordon Bauer. And it stands for Describe, Express, Specify, and Consequences. And this helps develop more assertiveness and simply and clearly state that boundary. So this is more simply even. is One is the situation, two is the feeling, three is the explanation, and four is the request. So this is an example that I mentioned I was going to share before. You could say something like, You raised your voice when you talked to me just now. I feel resentful and hurt and anxious. Again, referring to that feelings wheel if you need to. When your nonverbals sound aggressive or critical because it reminds me of feeling powerless with my stepdad. And a little disclaimer here. A lot of people don't really have that awareness of where it's coming from. So this is a practice where you can start to explore why this was triggering and what happened historically at like another time or the first time you can remember feeling that same way. And the last part is... I want you to wait to talk to me until you can be calm and kind. So that is just a simple way to say it. Another um, silly way to say it is 
You ate my secret cookie stash. I feel infuriated and resentful because I feel like my things are not safe and I can't trust you. Because I grew up with six siblings and my things weren't very safe. <laughs> I want you to respect me and my secret cookie stash by not eating them, hiding them, or teasing me about them. I need you to be solemn about the severity of this issue and honor my wishes with deep sincerity or I will buy a huge safe and put it in our room for my things to be kept safe. Or more simply, you ate my cookie. I am angry. I don't feel that my precious things are safe or respected. Give me all your tasty treats to atone for your naughtiness. You know, something like that. I really like cookies, by the way. So this is all I have for today. I know it's a lot of information, but if you had your journal, these are very simple steps that you can go through to apply in your life and to create better boundaries. These are things you're going to have to practice, my friends. And I know that you will because they're important. I'm going to have to give you more on this later. This is like the basics that I could teach you in just a short podcast episode. Let me know on social media or email me what other things that you would like or you need to succeed in boundary setting. And just a reminder, if you're ready for accelerated transformation... Again, I'm launching Igniting Life on August 20th, and this is a 12-week mental health and wellness reset for individuals who are ready for change in clear step-by-step ways, and that gives that necessary weekly accountability. If you really want to ignite your life and start loving life again, this is the course for you, and I guarantee that that investment that you make will be returned tenfold with these tried-and-true therapeutic techniques and strategies and tools from me and from many, many other sources. So your compound growth is waiting for you to make a commitment. It's like I would tell my personal training clients that every dollar you spend on self-growth and for your physical health, it's mathematically and scientifically proven that you'll save money and future costs in mental and physical health. So truly, Sign up now or you will pay for it many times over in the future, but without the joyful, exciting benefits. You really won't regret investing in your mental health and wellness. I never have, even when some of those courses were less beneficial because they showed me what else that I needed. And since I've taken so many of these courses myself, I know how to go above and beyond for you. Guaranteed. I take that very seriously. My friends, I know that as you do this work about boundaries, especially today, the fruits of your labor will be self-respect and greater respect from others and increased confidence and assertiveness. So how will you use the dust formula this week? How will you improve your boundaries by 1%? Share your successes on fulfillment therapy on Instagram or Facebook and let me know what they are. I would love to hear them. And in closing... Remember, don't steal cookies from people. That's really mean. (laughs) Have a fantastic week, you guys. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. 
I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.